This is the Game Day on Rocky Top Podcast, episode 184. I am Joel Hollingsworth, and as always, I'm with Will Shelton. Before we get to the thing everybody wants to talk about, which is why in the world did we get a three seed uh, compared to, uh, what, nine other teams ahead of us, um, I wanted to live in the moment for a second because it all happened. We, we just won the SEC championship. Since what, 1979, Will? Is that right? Yeah, I was minus two years old in 1979. So it's it uh, it's a good statement to how far Tennessee basketball has come, where for most of my life, winning the SEC tournament would have been like the best you could hope for. And now, uh, you know, I got I got bigger hopes, too. But yes, uh, definitely. We should be be present because that has not happened in 42 43 years. So uh, a, a day long remembered uh, here for Tennessee. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was a really good game. Uh, A&M was hot. You know, the, the naysayers will say, well, you know, you didn't have to play Auburn, the regular season champion. We already beat them once. Yeah. It was our place. Uh, and uh, we didn't have to play a hot Arkansas team, but that hot Arkansas team got hit by an even hotter uh, A&M team. Um, and we didn't lose to them. And by the way, we uh, beat Kentucky along the way. And uh, they rolled us at their place. We rolled them at our place. And then we beat them on a neutral floor. So we're SEC champs. We're legit. Um, it was a great game. Got off to a great start. Um, we were slow to adjust to that stupid zone. I, I imagine we'll probably see some more of that uh, starting this week. Um, but we spent 14 points figuring that thing out. Um, but then, uh, you know, we got into a groove and uh, figured it out and then got rolling again. So, and Fulke looked, uh, looked great at moments. Um, and just everybody, you know, at the... The, the three games that we played to get there, was it three? We played two. It was three. I lost my mind somewhere uh, during vacation, and I haven't found it yet. So, anyway, great game. Uh, anything else that you want to say about that? I, I, I kind of want to go through Twitter and find all the celebration videos, which I haven't done yet, but that's always fun for me. That's a great point. When the, when the ESPN feed ended, I... I tried to log on to the ESPN app and find like just anybody with a live shot of the celebration. I think I, I have seen the possibility of one existing over at uh, the Tennessee 24 seven sports site. I haven't sat down to watch it. I'm probably going to do that when we're done recording this podcast, which is a bad plan before bedtime, but I don't, you know, it's, it's not going to matter much. Uh, and, and again, this is episode 184. We've, we've had 184 of these conversations about Tennessee over the course of, I don't know, 13 years, uh, I think, uh, that we've been working together. And many of these 184 podcasts have been, let's talk about how to cope with what just happened, <laughs> which uh, we'll do a little bit of that with, with the bracket here in a minute. Uh, but man, I mean, this this is a just an incredibly satisfying high watermark for Tennessee basketball in ways that we'll talk about this some on the site this week. Um, you know, even our very best teams, not just that they didn't win the SEC tournament, 
our very best teams in, in the Pearl, Conzo, Donnie Tindall, Rick Barnes run here uh, ran into different kinds of trouble at, at the end or, or different kinds of weirdness. I mean, the 2018 had a tornado in the SEC tournament, lost by a bucket in the semifinals. The 19 team had that extraordinary win over Kentucky and then lost to Auburn by 20. Uh, so the argument that Tennessee is playing – is this Tennessee team playing better basketball going to round one of the NCAA tournament – than any of these guys that we've seen, not just because they won the SEC tournament finally, but because of everything we've seen for the last six weeks or whatever it is. So uh, I am I am incredibly encouraged. It's just such a fun team. The personalities on it, uh, even when their brand of basketball is not, uh, they win sometimes in ways that are not aesthetically pleasing, but it's incredibly effective. Uh, and it was incredibly effective against Kentucky in a, in a neutral site you know, blue tinted crowd there, which is, again, I know the win three years ago over Kentucky is more rewatchable, but that was in Nashville. You know, that's a, that's a higher percentage of orange in that crowd. This is a tougher environment, tougher crowd. And, you know, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee is incredibly trustworthy right now and, and probably more trustworthy than any of these Tennessee teams that we've seen going to the NCAA tournament. Again, not just because they won today, but because they've been winning for, for weeks now. So yeah, this is, this is a good day, man. This is a, I know we got to talk about the bracket and all that stuff, but I, I've tweeted this out and I think it's true. The story is Tennessee. The lead story is Tennessee. And when you have the wins that Tennessee has, there's just not, there wasn't going to be a path here. We, we can and we will argue the merits of who should be seated where. But no matter what, there wasn't going to be a path here that really made you afraid because Tennessee's, Tennessee's beaten Arizona, Tennessee's beaten Kentucky twice. These, these are, you know, two of the very best teams in college basketball by, you know, Ken Palm and other ratings like that. So I, I just um, – Tennessee is the story. Uh, and these guys should feel good about themselves and, and – uh, accept the challenge as Conzo Martin used to say, accept the challenge of whatever's in front of them and just feel like they can, they can handle it. So a lot of, a lot of trust going around right now, regardless of the seed. Yeah. Speaking of trust, you know, um, one of the things I, I've just recently thought of and uh, haven't really seen much discussion of, but they've done a really good job of managing fouls this year. And I don't know whether it's because of uh, more depth, more quality depth, whatever it is. But when a guy has to sit with two in the first half, they got somebody who can come in and it, it doesn't matter that much. And then when they do get uh, deep into fouls, um, either in the second, well, probably in the second, um, what... Uh, they end up playing smart so they can still play their good defense because their defense is played primarily with their feet first and then they got very active hands uh, but only when they can afford to use them so they've done a really good job at that and that's one thing that's one of the ways that we beat kentucky twice is shibway has gone out with in the first half with uh, 10 11 minutes to go and two fouls yeah. Yeah, and there's no break in there, right? I mean, you, you're going to get Urosh, then you're going to get Fulkerson, who's a, a different kind of skill set in there. 
you're going to get uh, Adu. You're going to get just a, a lot of size and, and athleticism in there. And we talked early in the SEC season a lot about – talked a lot on our side about, is he going to trim this rotation? It, it, Barnes usually is a guy that's played eight, has played a glorified seven-man rotation before, and Tennessee's playing ten. Uh, is he going to trim it? Is he going to trim it? And it's been trimmed to a small degree, but not in the post. You know, I, they just throw – somebody said that to me at church this morning about what a great job we did on Sheepway. And that's the thing. It's not like one guy. It's just a, a steady diet of huge dudes that yeah. can bang around in there and pick up a couple fouls. And if they need to come out, they can. And somebody else is going to come in and, and do uh, a different kind of good job in there. So – uh, that's again, maybe we get in one of these games in the elite eight or beyond uh, if Tennessee makes it that far where something in the rotation isn't quite good enough to beat the best of the best. But again, who are we talking about among best of the best that Tennessee hasn't already proven themselves against that level. So good job by Barnes, not, um, not feeling like you absolutely have to trim it to this number and, and getting different guys to do different things against some of the best players in college basketball. Um, one of the fun things about the broadcast is they finally started talking about Tennessee as something more than a three seed. Because every time they brought that up, even Jimmy Dykes, who he usually trusts a lot, you know, he was saying, yeah, you know, they're a three seed. But it seems like he was getting uh, an earful over the past couple of days because he kind of changed his tune a little bit um, and started talking. You know, I, th- I think there are two. And uh, I could even see him being a one. Let's talk about maybe a one. Because it doesn't sound ludicrous. Uh, when you look at the people that we've, the other teams that we've beaten. So let's talk about Tennessee getting a three seed. Um, and I think I want to just start at the one seeds. Um, because there's not a whole lot of, I mean, there's there's arguments there, I guess. But let, let's start with Gonzaga. Gonzaga, get, to me, Gonzaga is just weird because um, I don't know, you know, they. What, do you remember when they exploded on the scene? It was like maybe eight, ten years ago or it hasn't been longer than that. It's like it, they used to be one of those teams where it was like, who is that? Right? What, yeah. Do you remember where that was? Uh, it's uh, you know Adam Morrison is in there uh, with with that uh, JJ Redick and those guys in that year. That's the late two thousands. Uh, but okay, you know, so ten years. Yeah, I, and I would say more more than that. They had a Sweet Sixteen run. I'm looking at Mark Fuse stuff now. They had a Sweet Sixteen run uh, in uh, two thousand and two thousand one. But the steady diet of these guys are here every year. Is is the you know Adam Morrison kind of team so i mean that's a fixture yeah. in, i would say 15 years as a legit fixture at the the top of the bracket okay well you know for for the longest time um for me it was just like they were another name like uh loyola chicago or longwood you know it's like who are these guys because i you know i know I, I i haven't seen a gonzaga game this year I, I don't really know whether they played any games because <laughs> I haven't seen it with my own eyes. You know, it's like they, they play basketball in a 
like another planet and then they vacation here every March. You know, it's just weird to me. But, okay, so they're good. They, they've been good for uh, many years now recently. And so now they're, they're, you know, they're not a surprise to see on the bracket for me anymore. But they're still like, huh, are, you know, are they really the top seed? And I guess they are. And I know they were in the championship last year and, and the favorite. Uh, they got beat, um, but they're good. So no complaining about Gonzaga, even though I could not tell you a single team that they played against uh, this year. You want to help me out with that? If they, which, which quad one teams have they beaten? So Gonzaga, you know, they're a team you forget about once they get into conference play in the West Coast Conference because they're going to get St. Mary's, BYU, plays basketball in that league. Like they're going to get some uh, – San Francisco is a good team. They're in the tournament this year. This is that they've they've lifted the competition around them, even if it took 15 years. But in the non-conference, they beat Texas. They beat UCLA. They lost to Duke, um, and they lost to Alabama, and they beat Texas Tech. So they – you know, they're a team that's, that's going to give you all of that. Everything I told you is before Christmas. So while we're still watching football – they go and they do these things and they Pomeroy stuff, similar to SP plus these guys are really good at blowing out bad teams. I mean, cause it's what they do in their conference. They see this all the time and few has done a great job getting those guys to play at an insanely high level against competition that they are much better than all the time. Uh, so, you know, Pomeroy as is, has been the case for the last few years, loves these guys and would call these guys by far the best team uh, in, in college basketball. So, I mean, that's one thing, like for Tennessee, if you believe in that stuff, if you want to dream the biggest dreams for Tennessee, goal number one was avoid those guys for as long as possible because they are so much better than everything else. Justin Kinpom, so much better than everything else. So we, we talked about this on our site a couple of days ago that, the gap between the second best team in the country and whoever you think is the 12th best team in the country is really narrow, but Gonzaga, the gap between Gonzaga and Arizona at one and two is, you know, five and three quarter points on Ken Palm. So good news for Tennessee. You're not going to see Gonzaga until the national championship game. If you're going to see Gonzaga. So that, you know, that's, if you believe in that stuff and believe that they are indeed that good, you know, that's, that's a, that's one positive for, for Tennessee just, being on the other half of the bracket. If Tennessee got the two, but they were in Gonzaga's region, then probably we would be having some conversation now about would you have rather been some other three than maybe have this team stand in your way of getting to your first ever Final Four? Maybe. I suppose, but... I'm <laughs> not mean, convinced. That, You're not buying that, it. I mean, Fair enough. I was expecting you to say, okay, they beat you know Kansas, they beat Duke. Uh, but you, in your, in your opening statement, sorry, I'm going all legal here. In your opening statement, it was, well, they, they beat a couple of good teams, but then they lost to these other good teams. And then the rest of their schedule is crap. So I don't know. I, I, I'll accept the fact that they're good. Okay. I'm not arguing that Gonzaga is bad. All right. I'm just getting warmed up is all. All right. So, and, and by the way, Ken Pomeroy, I lost my, 
my password is incorrect, so it's gonna I'm gonna have to burn time trying to figure that out. So that's it. No, anyway. you have to reset it. It's the whole site, the the entire Ken Palm Nation. We all went down, so everybody has to reset their password. That happened uh, oh. uh, last week, I think. So oh, you've okay. been on vacation. You didn't know. Everybody have... was like my Ken Palm. So <laughs> everybody's looking for Ken Palm. Okay, so all right, I'll do that. But um, okay, so let's look at then. Um, Baylor, okay, last year's champion. Um, I haven't watched Baylor, but uh, they were really good last year. Um, I picked them to win. They won, and uh, I assume they're good. Okay, and they play in the Big 12. Good competition. They also play in that Big 12 uh, SEC. Did they get beat by Alabama in that? They did. Okay. Alabama uh, beat both Baylor and Gonzaga. Really? See now, okay. Now I'm, you're giving me fuel for my case. It's like these ones are suspect. Okay, I mean who? Okay, never mind. <laughs> not I, not I, much distance between two and I, that's Ken Palm. I would say, for seating purposes in my brain, not a lot of difference between. Arizona or Baylor, whoever you, you know, the committee says Arizona is the second best team. Okay. Arizona, Baylor, Kansas, not a lot of dis- difference between those teams and like Tennessee's a three and Purdue is a three. So I would say that group of eight, the last or nine, the last three ones and the first two threes and all the twos, not a lot of difference in those teams. Um, but an important difference if you're talking about why Tennessee is a three instead of a two, if you're looking at, at resume. Okay. Uh, still can't get into Ken Palm. Okay. Uh, Arizona. Um, the only thing I know about Arizona is we beat them on a neutral floor. And they're a beat one seed. Home. Beat them in Knoxville. We beat them in Knoxville? Why does, did. Why does ESPN say as it was? Did I read that wrong? I guess I must have. I did. Okay. Uh, so the, and that's you know four points. So that was basically a tie game. Uh, so yeah, okay, Arizona, but they're a one seed, and again we're three. All right. Um, and then you got Kansas. Don't know anything about Kansas. Why are they a one seed? Will similar resume to Baylor, and and let's you know Baylor had some injury issues that are going on. Uh, Kansas and Baylor again. You you got. Basically the same team. Uh, Kansas has the most quad one wins uh, in the country with 12. Um, again, we could just give away the point here. Do you know who has the second most quad one wins in the country? Uh, no. Is it Tennessee? It's Tennessee. So that's Kansas what? 12. Tennessee has 11. Uh, Kansas 12 and one, 12 and five against quad one. Uh, they have one quad two loss. Um, Big 12, again, if you like the Ken Palm stuff, Big 12 slightly better than the SEC. That metric in Ken Palm is based on how good is a 500 team in your league. So I mean, that's Texas A&M, it's a 500 team in, in the SEC. Um, but so you got that group of Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas. They beat each other up a little bit. Kansas also took a beating from Kentucky. Uh, at home. So that's one where I think a lot of folks, like if Kentucky had beaten us and won the SEC tournament, 
I think that's one where a lot of folks would have said, why is Kansas a one and Kentucky is a two? Because Kentucky yeah. beat them by 18 uh, in, in uh, Allen Fieldhouse. But I like me personally, I, I got no problem. Uh, I think if Tennessee had played Auburn today and had beaten Auburn and Kentucky on back-to-back days, then maybe the, the argument was there, but that opportunity credit Texas A&M, it just didn't present itself. So like me personally, I have no problem with the ones being Gonzaga, Arizona, Kansas, and, and Baylor. I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I can, I will not argue with you that Tennessee should have been, I'll argue with you that Tennessee could beat those teams and has beaten Arizona, but I, I wouldn't argue that Tennessee has to a, a clear argument to be a one over those teams, but we can start arguing about everybody after that. All right. Let's argue about Duke. So Duke's the first uh, number two. Um, is got any emotional uh, boost there? Do you think, or did they earn that number two? No. I, if, if there is a listener to this podcast who can give me like not the argument, but any any argument as to why Duke is viewed higher than Tennessee. Uh, I truly, I would love to hear it because there's not any, there's no metric where Duke is, is superior to, to Tennessee. Tennessee, I know the committee doesn't use Ken Palm or whatever, but Tennessee seventh and Ken Palm, Duke is 12th quad one wins. Again, Tennessee is second in the country with 11 can Gonzaga and Baylor have 10, you know, they're, they're right behind them there. Um, But Duke in quad one has six, six quad one wins Tennessee has 11 in quads one and two which is a stat that the committee folks used a lot three weeks ago when they did the the initial bracket stuff quads one and two Tennessee has 16 wins in quads one and two Duke has 12 strength of schedule Tennessee blows them out of the water so um I am I am just not sure very open to it uh got a lot of colleagues of mine uh, from Duke Divinity School who who uh enjoy cheering for both Tennessee and Duke. If any of them are listening to this podcast, I would enjoy uh, whatever, like any argument. Uh, Without that, it just defaults to what a lot of people expect, which is the brand recognition and that sort of thing. Um, So actually, I mean, this is a moot point now, unless you're going to see them in the final four, but that stuff they've been carried around with Krzyzewski, that's a lot of weight for 18 to 22 year olds to carry. And Virginia yeah. Tech would have beaten anybody in the country last night. Virginia Tech was amazing last night. But the way Duke has played against Carolina, and then especially, I thought, in the second half last night, that's a lot of weight. I, I think it's a team that maybe they take these experiences and then they get better handling these moments as they advance in the tournament. That's a lot of pressure for those college kids to be playing in, in on his last team. So, yeah, I just um, – uh, of all of the two seeds – Duke is the one to be with the thinnest resume and they are like on the committee's official seed list, they're eighth. So technically they would be, you know, the, the lowest, uh, uh, two seed, but I just, I just don't, I I just don't see it. And I I think that's not breaking news to any listeners to this podcast. I think most people would say, um, it doesn't make any sense that Duke is, is seated ahead of Tennessee. Okay, so I, I got that wrong that they were uh, – I thought they were the first because they were over there, but it is an S. So does that mean that uh, Auburn is the uh, first two seed, or who's the first two it seed? It is. 
Yeah, which is an equally puzzling, and this is where any Kentucky listeners to this podcast might raise their voices. I just wonder about human nature with some of this stuff. I know it's my job to wonder about human nature, but and maybe yours a little bit too. But yeah. like, you know, Auburn, Auburn was number one for a long time. Uh, Auburn followed a path that we have known and loved uh, with, with Bruce when he was our coach, which is those guys were, you know, amazing through uh, mid-February. Uh, but they I, – I, you shouldn't knock them for losing in overtime at Arkansas. And these are close losses, but they lost at Florida by one. They lost at Tennessee by five. Uh, and then we're, we're really non-competitive for long portions of that game with Texas A&M. So it's a team that was 22-1 and one on February 5th, and then it's a team that finished only 5-4 and four from there. So you do wonder, I wonder anyway, just the nature of the committee. If you've got Auburn at one for such a long time, that it just or, – or, you know, Auburn has, here's the best team in the SEC for such a long time. They won the league. This part is not Auburn's fault, but they had the weakest SEC strength of schedule out of anything. It's not their fault. I, I I do not believe in a world where the conference office is trying to do Bruce Pearl any favors. Uh, we've we've all lived in that timeline where we believed it very much to be the opposite case. So it's it's just a timeline. The, yeah, it's the nature of their. Uh, it's just their schedule. So Auburn going fifteen and three and winning the league against that schedule. To me, pretty much the same as Tennessee and Kentucky going 14 and four against the schedule that Tennessee and Kentucky played in the league. So, um, by their nature, that they only have five losses, and again, when the when the um, the the gaps are so small, to me, I think you could just look at how few games they lost and, and maybe give them a bump. But again, quad one wins. Auburn finishes with eight. They're eight and five. It's a good record against quad one. Kentucky nine and seven. Tennessee eleven and seven. Uh, quads one and two Auburn improves. They played a lot of quad two games, 15 and five uh, against quad two, which is better than Kentucky, Kentucky 14 and seven against quad two, Tennessee 16 and seven. So uh, I, I would argue, you know, head to head police, longtime member, uh, got plenty of badges and arrests attempted to be made uh, for me in that. So I would give the nod to Tennessee because we beat them. Um, but I know the committee is, is not, that's not the, the game that they play. So, um, you, you would wonder about, uh, I've seen John Pennington made this point on Twitter and I think it's a good one. You know, when Bruce was here, uh, in 2008, we had the highest RPI back in the RPI days. We had the highest mm-hmm. RPI of any team that's ever lived up to that point, And we still didn't get one seed. So, you know, that, uh, that Bruce is very good, very good working the system and understanding what the committee as much as you can, maybe is going to value, but you know, he didn't schedule like Barnes this year. He did not schedule the aggressive kinds of ways uh, that, that Tennessee scheduled in terms of, of setting up a non-conference slate. And they just kind of caught an abnormal break uh, in the non-conference, but I mean, they played UConn at a neutral site. They lost a double overtime. They played sister Jean uh, the next day at a neutral site. And other than that, I mean, they, Murray State is 30-2, and two, and one of their losses is to Auburn, but that game was at Auburn. And, I mean, they just don't have it. In the, they played Syracuse in a down year for Syracuse. Um, it's St. Louis ended up not being a tournament team. So, you know, 
I don't think Barnes is going to change his philosophy. You know, do you? Like, he doesn't strike me as somebody that's going to tweak his philosophy of we're going to play murderer's row in the non-conference to get ourselves ready. Um, and if we lose to Texas Tech uh, or if we lose, you know, to, to Gonzaga in years past or whatever, so be it. It's helping get us better. Whereas Bruce, I think, is much more committed to working the system. And in, in this case, uh, it, it worked out to their advantage. Yeah. Um, really, I think the, the whole gripe comes down to the pecking order among the SEC teams. Right. Um, according to Ken Palm, like you said, uh, Tennessee seven, Auburn's ten. Uh, yes, I did finally get in. Um, <laughs> Welcome back. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the 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 strength of schedule. Ours is fifth. Kentucky's is 29th, and Auburn's is 34th. So. And then you put that together with the fact that we beat Auburn. The analytics guys uh, like us better than Auburn. But then we got uh, Kentucky, who is another two seed. And there, the head-to-head -head police got to, I mean, tell me how your troops are feeling. That, that's that's got to, you know, that I mean, that, that that's just screaming you know what is it their their strength of schedule isn't as good um their overall record is the same right uh 26 yep. and 7. so what'd you say they had more quad one wins what is the argument for kentucky over tennessee i i think one argument for kentucky uh listen I would be interested to hear, and this is a very kind of specific thing, but how much did it help their cause to blow us out? You know, I mean, when we talk about Tennessee being third in the country in defensive efficiency, that includes that referee. You like, they're not taking the referee performance out of the equation. Yeah. We're third in the country in defense in spite of an all time shooting display from Kentucky uh, in that game. So, I think in part Kentucky is getting a lot of credit for beating us by 28 points uh, on January 15th, which they deserve. Again, like if you're going to shoot 75% from the floor in the first half, you, you're going to cut them down. So congratulations on winning the title if they do that. But yeah. um, I, I think they, Kentucky, the win, beating Kansas by 18 at Kansas, um, you know, they're like us too. They, they got a bad loss, not a bad loss. They have kind of a, a middle lost to Notre Dame in December. But other than that, I mean, their losses are are Duke on a neutral floor, at Baton Rouge, at Auburn, at Tennessee, at Arkansas, Tennessee on a neutral floor. I mean, they're, they're very similar to us resume-wise, which, again, is why I would say perhaps one would default to head-to-head. -head, but uh, similar to Duke, I mean, we're aware of what names are on the front of the jerseys there and all that other stuff. Uh, my, my favorite question about this, if you're a Tennessee fan and you're thinking about going to Indianapolis – are you are you mad that now you have to compete with Kentucky fans for those tickets, or are you delighted to be in the building with them once more, not having to play them, but just being getting to be around them once more after we just <laughs> beat them, and have beaten them ten out of seventeen? I'm not sure what's what's the the blessing or the curse is worth more there, but that's a fun uh, 
it's not going to be a lot of folks, especially that second round. Again, they get Murray State in the second round. Uh, I don't know how much of the orange is going to be cheering for the blue or how much of the blue is going to be cheering for the orange uh, when, when the other, the other games are on the floor there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess the offsetting thing is, is having that marquee blowout at Kansas. We don't really have a marquee away game win. Um, so I guess that they don't really know what our ceiling is out of conference. Maybe. I don't know. It's um, Kentucky. It's out of conference. Yes, you're right. But I mean, out yeah. of conference, it's Arizona at home. But like, what can Tennessee do away from Thompson Bowling? We just did it yesterday. Uh, yeah. And I think that's where I'm going to come back to that point a lot. If we get deep into this thing, I, I'm just not, again, we don't, we're not going to see Gonzaga until the finals. You're not going to be at a, at a, at a greater disadvantage than we were at yesterday, trying to beat Kentucky in Tampa. Uh, there's just not going to be a, a matchup that gives you that sort of disadvantage against Kentucky's still the third best team in the country. Kid Pop. So, um, yeah, that's uh, if uh, uh, you want to talk about Villanova, Villanova's the other one. Of course, they've got the head to head release against us. Yeah. And at, they're in our bracket. So, and at, 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 we lost, we got blown out at home, I guess. As, uh, new, that was neutral. That, that was the. Connecticut, I think. Why doesn't ESPN put these things right? Okay. That was what so what where were we playing there, you said? I think it was Connecticut, right? It was the Hall of Fame tip off thing of a jigger. Okay. All right. So that was the one that we uh yeah, we immediately turned around and, and thumped uh North Carolina. Right. So yeah, yeah I can't remember what uh, what was the reason that we got dominated against Villanova? And is that something that maybe we fixed since then? 18 turnovers is the start of that story. Uh, Tennessee's worst basketball comes when they turn it over. We've talked about this a bunch where it's not just that they're giving away the offensive possession, but we undercut our, our greatest strength, which is having the defense set up. You saw that time and again today where Jimmy Dykes was all over this to say, if AM's going to score, they're going to score in transition. Uh, and yeah. Villanova uh, really ate us alive. That is such a strange our, – our bracket, our region, is so strange because the two teams that are ahead of us, Villanova, we played them the third game of the year. Uh, Zakai Ziegler played seven minutes in that game. Um, you had that three-point guard lineup made its debut the next day against North Carolina. So our best lineup on the floor didn't exist. Uh, when we played Villanova. Uh, and I would say, too, those guys did a great job. Um, they, they were good at attacking us at the rim. They were good at getting to the free throw line. And they only, this will be true if we play them again. Great guards. They only turned it over seven times themselves. So if you're going to be minus 11 in turnovers uh, to that that group, uh, you're you're going to suffer for it. And, you know, we uh, – if I can do math really quick, Villanova had – 75 shot attempts, 60. Uh, I can't do math really quick or at all. Let's try this again. <laughs> Villanova on the fly. 40, 43 plus 24 shot attempts, which is 67 field goal attempts. And Tennessee had 29 plus uh, 28, which is only 57 field goal attempts. They had 10 more shots than we did, and they shot three more free throws 
So, I mean, we really, it's a great offense. We really got carved up, but we were not, there's a third game of the year. We had no idea who Zakai Ziegler even was. He played seven minutes. Um, same's going to be true with Arizona. I mean, we beat Arizona because we got almost 30 from Fulke. Yeah. And then he got COVID. And, you know, that, that, has, that has not been our plan A. So if we see either one of those teams again, it's going to be hard, I think, to look back at the first meeting and say, oh, here for sure is, is what it is. But I just, I mean, man, I feel like we are better. We have gotten better, certainly since we played yeah. Villanova. Yeah, we figured it out a lot of things, and I haven't really seen anything that we don't have an answer to. Um, possibly still tall and long guards, um, but if Ziegler can just get around them, then you're probably okay. Um, and Chandler can, can kind of get around them too. It's just that they have problems with. Uh, Double Z, because uh, he could actually just go right through their legs. <laughs> He's so low to the ground. I remember playing football against this uh, one of my uh, one of my friends from uh, high school, uh, uh, an Indian guy. His name was Ashok, and he had a little brother named Dalip, and Dalip was like four feet tall. I mean, this dude was small, and you just you it was too much work to bend down to grab him. <laughs> you know, so it was hard to tackle him in football. Uh, well, I imagine. And he wasn't fast. You know, Ziegler's also fast. So one yeah. one great truth of Tennessee's progress this year shows up in that game, too, which is Josiah was 0 for 6 from the three-point line against Villanova. And that's one, if you track it, if you track his shooting through that first half of the season and compare it to the second half of the season, it's just it's night and day. So, um, yeah. Yeah, if we get there, there's, again, I, I don't know how much we'll just be able to draw from what happened on November 20th. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so everything we've been talking about so far is basically just uh, wounded pride. You know, it's like, wh why did you pick them before us, right? But now I want to look at, does it really matter? Is there any two seed that we would rather be than where we're at. And my quick answer is that I would want to be where Kentucky is. Kentucky's got uh, St. Peter's first. And then I, I know you're going to, you've already talked about Murray State, but so I'll let you talk about them again in a minute. But if they get by Murray State, uh, then you got, uh, you know, Purdue, uh texas they haven't scared us they they beat us by one point at their place um and then uh you know you're on you're on baylor's side but there isn't anybody over there i think that's the easiest easiest pot i think that's easier than ours let me say it that way so what do you think would you trade places with kentucky or anybody else um, at this time, I'm, I'm colored by my desire to to make things right. So, yes, I would enjoy being opposite Purdue because, uh, you know, we got we got some wrongs that we want to right there. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, Kentucky. Rightfully so, because of their history and all that, Kentucky just looks at things much differently than we do. So I am sure that Kentucky, when they look at Murray State is is not 
overly fearful of of Murray State, but Murray Murray State is thirty and two, and again they play in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Like they are going to look very if they get past San Francisco, they're going to look very much forward to playing a Kentucky team that is prone on occasion to throwing up a two of twenty from the arc like they did against us. So. Um, that one, I would much, if, if you look at the argument between, um, two and three and just play it forward to who do you not want to play in round two? Uh, you know, if you look around at some of those other matchups, um, Tennessee couldn't play Alabama in round two, but I, that Bama is capable of beating anybody. Davidson sneaky. They're a 10 seed. I'm, I'm happier, uh, with, with Tennessee's matchup there. Sister Jean, if you want the the uh, all revenge path, if you want uh, Sister Jean to take down Villanova in round two, that could have been a team that Tennessee saw um, in in the second round. I'm happier not seeing them um, again. LSU, not a team Tennessee was going to play from their own conference. Maybe Auburn's path. You know, Auburn's got U.S. Auburn's got Jacksonville State. Um, then they've got uh, winner of USC and Miami. Then they've got Wisconsin, which if, if the bracket holds, which let me just say in the in the the biggest travesty of all of this, Tennessee was actually also behind Wisconsin, who is technically the first number three seed. Wisconsin uh, is behind Oklahoma in Ken Palm, who didn't make the field. Uh, Wisconsin is 34th in Ken Palm. If Tennessee played Wisconsin on a neutral floor right now, they'd be favored by 10. So this is another one where – like the larger point just to make about the bracket going forward is one we've experienced on the bubble before in the, in the Conzo years of saying the rules seem to change year to year. So it's hard to know Conzo's team in 13 would have got in the tournament in 12, but they didn't in 13. Um, the team in 14 barely got in. So, you know, if now it used to be, they looked at your last 10 games and measured that more which, of course, Tennessee's looked as good over their last 10 as anybody in the country. And I'm for measuring the whole equally. I'm, I'm for not giving more weight to the last few games. But it's like now, what you do, not just in your conference tournament, but at the end of the year, it just gets ignored. I mean, for Auburn to be five overall means we're ignoring a lot of what happened to Auburn at the end of the year. Wisconsin lost at home to Nebraska in this, on senior day in the season finale. Then they lost to Michigan State in the first round of uh, the Big Ten tournament. They also lost to Rutgers at home on February 12th. So I, I just, I mean, I don't understand that one whatsoever. Wisconsin is a team because of, of their Ken Palm rating where you're like, man, I'd love to see those guys in the Sweet 16 if they can make it that far. So I think it's mostly frustrating for me to say, like, we just, I just want to believe these games matter. When we sit down and watch and see Tennessee make this run in the SEC tournament or beat Arkansas in the last game of the year, I want to believe that stuff makes a difference and matters. And and not that we've just decided that hey, Tennessee was – when they did the bracket reveal, the, the initial reveal three weeks ago, Tennessee was 11th uh, overall on the overall seed. And, yes, they lost to Arkansas that day at Arkansas. But since then, haven't lost to anybody. Beat Auburn, beat Arkansas, beat Kentucky. And we're going to say that Tennessee was the 11th best team in the country three weeks ago, beat Auburn, Arkansas, and Kentucky, and now we're the 10th best team in the country. Like, that's 
that's the part that I think going forward, man, don't don't make decisions that make you feel like these games don't matter. Because no. good grief, you know, these are not just for Tennessee, for anybody, you know, and I think about it, there's a whole separate conversation that will be decided based on what the league does in the tournament. But I mean, the SEC was the second best conference in the country all year, and it got six teams in the field and A&M wasn't close. A&M's the fourth team out. So uh, I, I just, um, I struggle to see how the, the league could be perceived and, and viewed in that way that it was viewed. So um, I'm sure we'll get no concrete answers to any of this. Um, and the good news about sports is we'll continue to believe that the outcomes do matter because that's, it matters that day. It matters, you know, when you're in the arena or watching it on TV, but that's the frustrating part to me. Uh, I'm, I'm glad, you know, Tennessee being rated above Purdue is a good thing because that's why Tennessee's in Indianapolis and, and not uh, probably what would have been Pittsburgh, but Wisconsin being rated higher than both of them. Uh, I don't get that one at all. And it just, it just lends credence to the idea that the committee did not pay attention in ways not that they, like that they didn't watch the games but that they just it seemed like these outcomes the last week or week and a half just had no effect on the thing so yeah i i would have loved to i would have loved to have been opposite wisconsin uh in in that setup um so i think auburn you know auburn's got a got a good run uh at it to to get through if you're asking Auburn to beat USC or Miami and then asking them to beat Wisconsin or LSU without a head coach to get to uh, the elite eight, that's pretty good, man. And for Tennessee, again, all of our context for Tennessee is we've been to the elite eight once and we did it by the way, in a year when we felt real hosed by the selection committee, that team was a six, which was a joke. And Tennessee proved that to be correct. So Good things can happen to Tennessee when they when they carry that kind of chip on their shoulder. All right, so you hit on a couple things that I uh, didn't have it in my notes, but I I want uh, a, I'm I'm going to prove to you that I can read your mind. Are you ready? Okay. Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you for a one word answer to the following question: Your thoughts on LSU firing Will Wade? Inevitable. Okay. I was going with finally, but yeah. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that just, uh, that, that was, uh, that was inevitable. There's, there's been a couple of strange moves in the league here, right? Where Will Wade got the, let's make sure this guy doesn't win a national championship treatment. You know, they fired yeah. him before he had a chance to make a deep run in March. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I don't think anybody had Florida in their bracket today. But Florida went to the SEC tournament still with some outside hopes. And uh, Mike White, it's that's such a strange that you've been on vacation, right? So Mike White left Florida to be the coach at Georgia. Oh, and that is, that is strange. Yeah, like I don't think he was going to get fired this year. But that's a that's a one step ahead of the firing squad kind of move. Okay. But usually. If you're going to get one step ahead of the firing squad, don't move in next door to the firing squad. Like, <laughs> like that's a that, that's really interesting. To hey, me. hiding in plain sight, man. Yeah. Well, you you can you know, Georgia's a great job right now because the bar is so low and the football team just scratched a forty year itch. Yeah. So 
that's a great job. And maybe he's, Mike White's thinking exactly that right now. Uh, if you make the NIT, you can, you can be, you know, you can really do well down there. So, but yeah. it speaks to, I know we could talk about this all night, but it speaks to the strength of the SEC again, where these guys who are 500 coaches, not Tom Crean at, at Georgia and Will Wade is his own situation, but Mike White, uh, there's rumors about Ben Howland being out at Mississippi State. I mean, how success is now defined in this league, that has changed a lot in in five years or less. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to talk about real quick before we get into talking about Tennessee's uh, task in the tournament is uh, – you alluded to this earlier, but the Big Ten got nine teams in, I believe, yep. and the the SEC got six teams in. Um, that seems like a pretty big disparity to me. Um, how how are you feeling about that? I think it's it's strange. It was a strange year for the Big Ten in the sense that the teams you typically think of as the best teams, the traditional Big Ten powerhouses, were not the best teams in their league. The best teams in their league are Illinois, Purdue, Iowa, Wisconsin. Let's give them credit for a, a solid body of work overall. Um, but Michigan State, Ohio State, Indiana. I know Indiana struggled as of late, but, you know, those powerhouses. And then the, the Michigan case, which is such a fascinating – I mean, those guys are – 17 and 14. And we, yeah. you know, I think that's what we were when we made it in Bruce's last year, when we were a, a the timeline again, uh, we were a fascinating case that year, but you know, the, the big 10 is, is the SEC got six teams in and they're all seated between two and six. Um, but the big 10 really rack, you know, the big 10 has two, two, uh, two threes, a four and a five. But then Ohio State and Michigan State are seven. Rutgers and Michigan are 11, and Indiana is a 12. So when you're talking about, like, the last teams to get in, yeah, I mean, if, if you go through that list of here's the last teams to get in, um, I, I think Notre Dame is actually the last, the last team to get in. But if you go up from there, yeah, Notre Dame is 47 on the seed line, the last at large. Virginia Tech – won the tournament, so they don't count. They're, they're at 46. And then Indiana's 45. Rutgers is 44. Michigan is 42. So you're talking about three of the last six. Three of the last one, two, three, four, five. Three of the last five at-large teams are Big Ten teams. And that just seemed out of balance to me, especially for a league that wasn't the Big 12 or the SEC, to say that here's the cut line and we're yeah. going to give it all to middle of the pack teams from this conference, but not to, you know, I don't, I don't think the big 12, did the big 12 have somebody that was like on the bubble and, and got their hearts broken. Not really. Not you know, maybe I remember Oklahoma and Ken Palm, but not, I mean, they're 18 and 15. So they seemed kind of like, knew where they were going, but Tennessee, I mean, like Texas A&M, you know, that's, for them to be the fourth team out, that is wild, wild to me. Yeah, it seemed like most of the broken hearts were like maybe secondary market teams, not to be conspiratorial or anything. Uh, 
but you know okay so uh let's look at uh tennessee's path so let's see we're playing the 17th what what day is that are we doing thursday we're doing thursday thursday saturday so patrick's day yep oh woohoo um uh, longwood's colors aren't green are they I don't know. Never, That's luck check. right there. They've never made the NCAA tournament. So uh, <laughs> uh, it looks like gray and blue. What, what's their mascot? The Longwood? The Lancers. The Lancers. Okay. Good, good alliteration. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know who uses a lance anymore, uh, but okay. <laughs> So, watch out! Make two. We got a rope, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So tell me, everything our stuff for like fifteen years to get that joke. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, tell me everything you know about Longwood. <laughs> well, Joel, Longwood yeah. is in Farmville, Virginia, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, which is a Richmond suburb, uh, not incredibly far down from where I live in Pulaski that yeah they've never made it before uh and I think in looking this up a few minutes ago they didn't even have basketball or or D1 basketball until 2005 this is this is the Winthrop League the Big South it's usually Winthrop is the team you see most often this is the UNC Asheville League um that uh that Longwood uh got it done here in this thing um these guys are not a not a fluke thing this, this is last year we all looked at Oregon State and thought to ourselves, "Oh man, free win, right? Like the, you got a got yeah. a bad team that got they got hot. If you want hot, these guys again, are, yeah, again, this is a tournament sport, and you got to give credence to what has happened recently. So sorry, but no, I, that's, that's what you were saying before. Longwood was seven and five when the calendar turned to January first, and since then they've lost one game." Uh, they went 15 and one in the Big South. They lost to North Carolina AT, who is a bad 295 and Ken Palm team. They lost at North Carolina AT 70 to 62. Um, but in terms of like who's on their level in their league, they beat Gardner Webb. Uh, they, they beat Winthrop 92 to 88 in the regular season. And then they hammered Winthrop in the Big South finals. So these guys have won. Uh, they are 19 and one in calendar year 2022. So yes, you've got a you've got a hot team that was clearly, clearly, clearly the best team uh, in the Big South Conference this year. Okay, um, I meant to say this earlier when you were uh, talking up uh, Murray State, but I wanted to point out that their strength of schedule is 235. So <laughs> so when they're 30 and two, okay. But um, I would still love to see them beat Kentucky. That would be fun. Well, and Murray State still is getting some of the Ja Morant bump from him being so great in the NBA and having played there. I will say, now nobody knows what to make of these guys, and they're going to get Gonzaga in round two anyway. But Murray State did beat Memphis at Memphis, 74-72 uh, uh, back in December. So there's uh, – and they beat Belmont. They actually blew out Belmont. Um a couple of times. I know Belmont may not be exactly what they used to be, but that's that's that Ohio Valley uh, yeah. league, 
They beat Chattanooga too. A lot of people like Chattanooga. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Murray has has more of that going on, whereas Longwood is more just again. I Radford's right down the road for me. They are in the Big South, but I am by no means the expert on the Big South. I will say, uh, someone pointed this out on Twitter, and I can't remember who. In the Ken Palm Luck ratings, Longwood is twenty first, which means lots of close games that they've won, and lots of look. Uh, Tennessee would be in the plus department in luck. This week, Kentucky shot two of 20 from the arc, and Texas A&M couldn't throw it in the ocean from the arc at the start of this game. So Tennessee is is 82nd in luck overall this season. Um, Great. Like, (laughs) I don't want to be 300 and something in luck. So, uh, but Longwood has been, at least according to Ken Pomeroy's ratings, exceptionally lucky. So, Bad news, if you get in a close game with these guys, they're going to be hyper-confident about it. So, you know, the moral of the story, the best way to win close games is not to play them. Rinse. Yeah. All right, good. So uh, next up, if uh, you beat uh, the Lancers, um, I picture fencing when when I – I don't know why. I know it's not – fencing is not lancing. But I guess I don't know what Lansing is what you do to a boil, right? <laughs> no, I think the mascot, it's like joust. So the mascot is a horse with like, you know, the rider carrying like Lancelot. Yeah, I can't see the video, but I'm trying. I'm trying to do it on, on video of like, you know, the thing the guy carries when you joust someone. Uh, so that's okay. the. OK, the, maybe it sounded better than the Longwood jousters. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. All right. So uh, if we get past that game, and we'll regret, we'll we'll delete this segment if we actually lose to Longwood. So, right. um, watch out, he's got a horse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and I'm sure he's covered in armor as well. Yeah. But okay, so next up would be the winner of Colorado State and Michigan. Uh, Colorado State is a six seed. I uh, don't know much about them. Michigan is that weird case you were talking about. They're only 17 and 14. Um, you know, what happened with them? What makes them weird? They got a, uh, they have a coach, the picture of a coach at a, at a uh, barbecue or what? No, they have slow, slow motion video of Juwan Howard punching or not what it is, throwing his arm at a coach on Wisconsin in something that you can call it a punch or call it something else in a handshake line. So he, Howard didn't coach the, uh, which they split. I mean, this is a classic roller coaster. Uh, They beat Purdue on February 10th. Since then, loss, win, loss, win. That was the coach punch. Loss, win, loss, win, lost to Indiana to open the Big Ten Conference Tournament. So, I mean, it's, it's, Tennessee has been the team. 17 and 14, super talented, all that stuff. Um, but uh, usually you are asking a lot to get a team like that to find itself right now. Yeah, so, it's too too bad they didn't draw Memphis. They, they'd have no. their fists balled up already. Yeah. So yeah. They, could, they could walk into that. Can't get Memphis that. on the revenge tour uh, this year. But if you, if you would like revenge on Michigan for two particularly difficult NCAA tournament losses in 11 and 14 – you just got to believe that they're going to beat Colorado State, which I don't know um, how many people are going to believe that. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, let's assume we get into the second weekend. Then the people down there, well, the, let's just skip. We, we either have Sister Mary or, uh, did I get Jean. that right? Sister Jean, sorry. <laughs> I've, been, I've been looking at, you know how many teams start with the name Saint? There's yeah. like 15 of them. I cannot keep them track when I'm running my, uh, my hat guy machine. Uh, and they all have apostrophes, and the machine hates apostrophes. So anyway, um, so probably Villanova is coming out of that lower uh, part. Um, Villanova, as we said, uh, beat us uh, on our, no, no, they didn't because we were undefeated at home. So they beat us. Um, but they beat us bad. Um, that's Jay Wright, right? That dude? Did I get his yes, name right? Yeah. Okay. So he's a good coach. They always have a good team. Um, do they deserve their uh, two seed? And how do we match up, do you think? I, I mean, if you're asking versus Tennessee, I would give it head to head police. I would give it to them. They won the Big East. I, I got no problem with Villanova. I think if you're objective and you step back and look at it, you know, you could argue for Tennessee, again, based on quad one wins and things like that. Tennessee's seventh and Ken Palm, Villanova's 11th. So, not again, Villanova's in that group of there's not a lot of breathing room between these teams. Um, I, I think Tennessee's NCAA tournament history, we'll probably write about this this week. Typically, when we have advanced in the tournament, it has, we're not used to being this really high seed. So, when we have advanced, it's been with our very best teams, 2008, 2019, or it's been because we caught a break in the bracket somewhere. The 2010 team beat Kawhi Leonard in the first round, but then they got 14 seed Ohio in the second round. The Ford, the Conzo's team beat UMass, and then they got uh, Mercer, right? It was also a 14 seed in the second round. So sometimes when we have advanced, it's been because we get help. And, and we might get help, though just – just looking at the bracket where we're seated, like the help you would, if you're going to get help out of this group, it's going to be like sister jeans. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's help or not, but it just, you, you know, what happened to us three years ago is we were a really good college basketball team and we ran up against another really good college basketball team in the sweet 16 and we lost in overtime and then, and Ryan Klein hit 17 threes. And there was questionable officiating. And that could happen again. You know, the, the the teams are not as Tennessee and Purdue were both better in 19 than Tennessee and Villanova are in 22. Not by much. But, you know, that's the nature of this beast of you can get a 2-3 Sweet 16 game and lose by one to a really good team. And, and that may happen. Um but Tennessee, again, I, I think is just such a different team since we played this game before. They're they're the would be the favorite, barely, in Ken Palm. And maybe there's some advantage to uh, you know, we've seen Villanova from time to time in the last four or five years. We haven't beaten them, but typically until the game this year, we've played Villanova at a higher level probably than we should have. I think it's a team Barnes does a good job with. Um, so we'll see. I mean, if you get to that game. If you get two, three Villanova, Tennessee in the Sweet 16, that's probably a coin flip. And, you know, you would have to hope it works out in your favor. Or maybe, 
maybe Loyola or Ohio State, maybe Ohio State at seven comes out and, and does you a favor and um, and they get the upset there. So, but if, you know, if Tennessee beats uh, Villanova, the only two seed Tennessee has ever beaten is Ohio State 12 years ago. We've never beaten a three seed. So, I mean, it would be, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself is what I'm saying. Like beating Villanova would be equal to the best thing we've ever done in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, that's, that's don't, don't like skip past that one. (laughs) Think, you know, not just because it would mean getting to the elite eight, but beating a two seed that would equal what Tennessee did. Uh, Tennessee came from six instead of three in 2010, but, you know, they made their only elite eight and they beat their only two seed to do it in a sweet 16. So before we get too far down the path of final fours and national championships, and we can beat anybody. And I think all that stuff is on the table, just beating Villanova in, in a sweet 16 game would be equal to the best thing Tennessee's ever done in the NCAA tournament. That's weird. You know, that, uh, it's not the best thing that we've ever done in the tournament uh, as far as because we've been to the Elite Eight, but beating a higher seed uh, is the best thing that, we're, that we've ever done. Is that what you're saying? Well, what I'm saying I, is when we beat Ohio State 12 years ago, it was the same was, scenario. That was They were a two seed, and we beat them in the Sweet 16. Okay. So beating them got us to the Elite Eight. So, again, like – we would look at it differently because that Ohio State team had Evan Turner and they were they were more famous, for lack of a better word. And we were more of the underdog. Uh, but, yeah, if, if we catch Villanova in the Sweet 16 and beat them, that would be our second ever trip to the Elite Eight and the second ever – the highest seeded team we had ever beaten tied with that Ohio State team from all those years ago. But after that, I mean, it's a thin – uh, Tennessee beat a four. We've beaten a four seed once. Uh, Bruce's second year, we beat a four seed Virginia in the four or five game in the second round. We beat a five seed once. Uh, that's UConn uh, in the four or five game in 2000. And after that, you know, it's also like if Tennessee beats Colorado State in round two, that will be tied with the fourth best win Tennessee's had in the NCAA tournament ever. Like we're just new at this, you know? Uh, or have not have not succeeded at it so far. I don't like that line of conversation. I don't know why it it just bothers me to think about losing. You know, so I don't want to. I'm I'm going to just ignore all of that and just yeah. I'm just assuming we're getting to the final four because I got to make my tickets worth it, man. So, all right, What's- so. What is your, uh, before we go, I, I know others may have asked you this before. Maybe we talked about it on a previous podcast. Is there like a, what is the worst, what's, what's the worst Final Four scenario for you? Like if it's oh. Kentucky and maybe Gonzaga, you don't seem to like them very much. I, I could root for Gonzaga. Uh, I, I, I think by that time, you're just look you're just watching good games, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy who uh, uh, indulges in a little fake sports hate uh, once in a while, but my general nature is to is to 
just try to get along with everybody. So uh, I don't, um, I don't really have a problem rooting for uh, rivals either. So it would be okay. I mean, I don't think I'd like it very much. But so let, let my worst case scenario, I guess, would be teams that we've beaten. So Kentucky, yeah, and uh, Auburn and uh, Arkansas. <laughs> you know, nothing but SEC teams after we won the SEC championship. How's that for a nightmare? when you have free final four tickets. Well, the good news is we'll be SEC tournament champions for the rest of our lives. So that all yeah. the like we can't win at this level or whatever, there's no bigger demon to exercise than this one. So yeah. um, you know, even if if they get to the sweet 16 and they lose to Villanova by one I, I think we're still – you would lament the lost opportunity for sure, for sure. But, man, I still think we would hold this year up as, like, we've done a good job. And I think they're very capable of doing an even better job than that. Uh, I'm going to press pause for a second. Hold on, I think. One second. Oh. With the alarm? Yeah. What's your alarm? Alarm. Really? It's going off? Well, it's beeping and I set it off and then it will start going beep, 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 beep. Okay. All right. We'll fix our alarm. I think uh I think Kentucky's trying to break in. So uh, I'm press pause. I'll be back momentarily. Sounds after good. I I'm gonna lance Kentucky. I'm gonna right. get our lance yeah. and take care of them. All right. <laughs> all right sorry our alarm was apparently malfunctioning so i hope that's not an omen of some sort what were we talking about uh well we were talking about alarms uh and then i got distracted by um tennessee's gonna play at 245 on thursday uh that's exciting that is good uh yeah. and so you know i've, I've been going down unhealthy while while you stepped away i was continuing to go down unhealthy rabbit holes about who's seated where and uh all that kind of stuff so okay so i the last thing i remember saying was all sec teams in the final four my nightmare and then my house alarm went off so yeah. it doesn't like that idea and it's actually not possible because there's no other uh sec team in our in the south region but it could be Arizona, then another team we've beaten. So, um, all right. So let's 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 just play chalk here, okay? Into the future. I know you say let's not get ahead of ourselves, but I want to get ahead of ourselves, just sure. just for a, just for a moment. Um, so out of that top pod, we're not we don't need to talk about everybody, but um, in this. Uh, in the south of the top, uh, what is that, uh, eight teams? It's probably going to be Arizona. They're the number one seed. Do you see any potential, um, um, any teams that might knock out Arizona or have a legit shot to do it? I, the advanced stats, people like Houston, uh, a 
lot. That's that's a um, – if I'm Illinois, man, that's not the four seed I want to be. I got uh, Chattanooga as a tough 13 seed. And then Houston um, is uh, – Kelvin Sampson, those guys, that's a tough thing. So, if I'm picking – you know, Houston is fourth in Ken Palm. So, um, you know, that's that's not uh, that's not doing anybody a favor. So, maybe Houston, but, uh, you know, Arizona is is – Second in Ken Palm. Good news for Tennessee. You don't have to play both. All right. Um, so let's assume um, that we can get by Arizona. Uh, then out of the bottom there, Kansas is the number one seed, but uh, Auburn is the number two. Um, I think it could be either one of those. Uh, who's the three? Wisconsin, not going to be Wisconsin, right? So, yeah, let's just stick with who do you think, uh, Kansas or uh, Auburn? I, I like Kansas out of all of the one seeds. I like Kansas and their path the best. I, I think Auburn is not peaking at the right time. Wisconsin is it's no good. Providence is the weakest of the fours. Iowa's dangerous uh, at fives. Another bracket where I think a five could be one of the most dangerous teams, but I think Kansas has the easiest path of any of the ones. All right. Um, on the other side, uh, let's just go with Gonzaga. We don't like Duke at two. Um, who's three? My screen is Texas. not bigger. Texas Tech, they got an awesome defense, apparently. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Arkansas is over there. Arkansas, man, they're they're good. Um, but it's got to be Gonzaga, right? The aliens from outer space who vacation in March on Earth in March. Yeah, I, I think uh, that would be a fun game, Arkansas-Gonzaga. Uh, and Texas Tech is just one of those – I mean, we know this because we played them. Like, you don't want to play them. But um, I, I would – yeah, I would take Gonzaga. All right, and then on the bottom we got uh, Baylor at number one and uh, Kentucky at number two. Um, you like Murray State knocking off Kentucky? I don't. I don't know that like <laughs> knock them off is where I'm at, but I think there's yeah. high potential of that. If if you're picking seven seeds that you don't want to play, or you know six seeds, uh, I'd probably rather play any of the sixes then play Murray State in the second round, especially if I'm Kentucky. Like, I just – I just, it's just not it's, – it's not doing them any favors. Yeah. The guys on uh, um, CBS both picked Kentucky to come out of that over Baylor. Um, any idea of the reasoning for that? Al's good in March, man. They, and, and Kentucky, if they can start to get it going – um, they beat Kansas by 18 at Kansas. So I don't, Kentucky's not going to be afraid of Baylor, uh, or any of those things. I, I wonder again, like I'm going to start speaking with my heart instead of my brain, which is how can I get Purdue to play Tennessee in the national championship game in this thing? But, um, I like Purdue. I, I think Purdue is consistent. Um, uh, you know, Hokies are on a great run here. Uh, but I, I think Purdue, uh, if you get Kentucky and Purdue, yeah, I think the winner of that game, either of them could beat, could beat Baylor. All right. Uh, last two questions then. Um, 
chances for Tennessee to get to the Final Four and beyond. And then um, who do you think is actually going to be in the Final Four and champion? Um, It's just hard to say with Tennessee because, again, what's in your way are two teams that you've played before, but it just would be so different, I think. Villanova, like you we're haven't not played them. And, and Arizona, you beat them in large part because we got 27 from Fulkerson. And I just – I don't think we're going to get 27 from Fulkerson in a, in a post-COVID situation. So, um, I, I, I really trust Tennessee the first weekend because – we haven't been beaten by a team of, of that caliber all year. Um, if it's Villanova, if it's Arizona, I think those are coin flip games for Tennessee. So I think this is, this is a good shot. It's, it's a good shot, a good year for Tennessee to make a push to the elite eight. Um, if you get beat by Arizona on a neutral floor in the elite eight, if you, you know, get beat by a one seed, these are just things, these are, these are problems we haven't tried to solve yet so yeah um i think as a three it's as good of a look uh as a three as i think you you would find um anywhere in this bracket uh i i do really like kansas um gonzaga is just hard to i read the pomeroy stuff so much maybe i'm uh, and value it i'm probably too close to it so it's hard for me not to say like gonzaga is the best team on the left side of that bracket easily and you know it's a good story they're undefeated last year and then lose in the finals so redemption it would be a nice story but i i like kansas a lot um i'm i you know if i was if i was putting my life on the line i'd probably put those two teams in the in the final against each other thankfully i'm not putting my life on the line all right so the aliens versus the clown birds in the championship game sure sure that's all right. Kansas is what sixth in Pomeroy? Uh third strength of schedule. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Gonzaga strength of schedule again. 99. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I'm just I'm not gonna make any picks because I haven't I haven't run my thing yet. Um so I'm going to have Hat Guy help me on these. Um, but I'm hoping for good things from Tennessee. Um, looking forward to watching them this weekend and, uh, hopefully, uh, a really exciting, uh, weekend next weekend and hopefully with good results, which would be awesome. So yeah, rest assured, I'm going to pick Tennessee in my bracket. Uh, and, and yeah, we'll you always do. Yeah. And like the what is the most enjoyable path to get there? So like look for, you know that's of course Longwood and then uh, Michigan Sister Jean, um, maybe Chattanooga that'd be fun. Uh, you know I got no need to beat Arizona. We already beat Arizona, so like I just have no need to see that. Um, and then I do I do really like Kansas, uh, and so I'm sure I'll have I'm sure my bracket will have Purdue versus Tennessee in the national championship game because you know. That's how I do these things is what would I enjoy the most? Uh, so that's, that I think is what okay. I would. Yeah. I was going to ask you what, maybe you said it, but why do you like Purdue so much? I, I forgot just, I just the sentimental be- value of revenge. Yeah. Of, yeah. of not even 
again, all credit to those guys and to Ryan Klein for hitting that shot and and whatever anyone wants to say about the Music City Bowl and all that stuff. I, I you know, Purdue did what they needed to do in that game. But, you know, I the good thing about this Tennessee team is that even the things that you think to yourself, oh, that would be fun. Like real life, it's pretty great right now, man. And, uh, and yeah. they're doing a good job, uh, you, you know, did something today that has never happened in my 40-year-old real life. So, uh, you know, they're, they're these guys have earned our trust, no matter what this bracket was going to be like today and no matter what path is is in front of them. And so I'm, I'm excited to see where they're going to go with it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Game Day on Rocky Top podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we're going to uh, just go ahead and commit to having these as long as Tennessee is still winning. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, hopefully that is all the way through April 4th. And I will have to do it from uh, Nolens. So um, my audio is not going to improve is, is what I'm saying. So... All right. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. We'll catch you all next time. Won't always wait